You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Back, back, run like a wild man. I watched you struggle and I watched you wrestle with them angels. From Auburn University, Bo Jackson. War Eagle and welcome. The correct Jordanaire Stadium time is 8 o'clock p.m. You are live to take with Orange and True, the Auburn podcast of record from College and Magnolia. This is Son of Crow. I'm here with Ryan Starrett and the AU Chief, and this is a free-flowing conversation about Auburn sports. Ryan, what do you have for us this week? All right, so earlier this week, maybe the end of last week, uh, we were talking about some of the Auburn quarterbacks of yesteryear, um, the conversation kind of started uh, on our countdown series. There was a play that uh, Nick Marshall had in the Mississippi State game in 2013. Uh, I think it was the, the tip pass that he ended up catching and running up the sideline. Um, that, so that kind of sparked a, a question of who is the best Auburn quarterback to not win a Heisman? So, you know, we have Cam. We have Pat Sullivan. You know, they – they're probably the two best Auburn quarterbacks. You know, say what you want about a 70s quarterback, but he won a Heisman. So a- after that, there's kind of a group of quarterbacks uh, that all, can, I think, have a claim to be in that next great Auburn quarterback. So we have Nick Marshall, Jason Campbell, Damian Craig, and Pat Nix. So my, my hot take with that was I think it was Nick Marshall. And... A lot of people disagreed with that. I think you guys would also disagree with that. Um, so, what, so what do you guys think? If you bring in team success, Nick Marshall and Jason Campbell are the only two that won an SEC championship. I believe. I don't think Damian yeah, Craig yeah, won it. Yeah, Damian Craig lost it. Went to that one, yeah. So there, I mean, that's that. But if it's just going to be quarterbacking success, I mean, Nick Marshall's a good one, but I would say, for me... I mean, I was here during the Jason Campbell era, and I would say Jason Campbell. Just yeah, I'd also say Jason Campbell. Um, and, and it's obvious we all chose someone that played yeah, while we played. were in yeah. school. Yeah. Um, so uh, Jason was really awesome in '04, but he he was also really good before that, and yeah. a lot of people don't give him credit. For being good, there's a lot of people that are like, "Oh, he was real bad when he and D- Daniel Cobb were duking it out for the position." But we also had some struggles on offense overall, anyway. So yeah, I, I mean, Jason Campbell. I don't know how the, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I remember the '04 SEC championship game against Tennessee. Him being like outrageously efficient, and that was kind of the first time I ever thought about efficiency. Now, look, I'm a Cowboys fan when it comes to professional sports. And so I'm, I will put on a cape for Troy Aikman over almost anybody ever. <laughs> and the thing that Troy Aikman did that made him so great was that he just didn't throw the ball to the other team very much, and he just didn't throw that many incompletions. And that was kind of Jason Campbell's deal. Like, he didn't, Jason Campbell wasn't going to wow you with his touchdown numbers. He didn't have to. He had Ronnie Brown and Cadillac Williams. But his, 
interception numbers were super low, and his incompletion numbers were super low. He just he completed the ball to guys so, in blue or white. So let me give you uh, his touchdown interception numbers over just for each year of his career. And yeah, early on he was kind of battling for that quarterback job. Yeah. So 2001, he had in nine games four touchdowns and four interceptions. So you know freshman that that's fine. You know nothing crazy, but whatever. 2002, 11 touchdowns, five interceptions. 2003, 10 touchdowns, eight interceptions. And that was kind of the beginning of, I think a lot of Auburn fans at that point were questioning, is he the guy for the job? That was also Jetgate year. Right. So yeah. 2003 was, was a yeah. disaster. Right. Um, that He was still battling for the job with Daniel Cobb yeah, in 03 right. as well. And then in 2004, we had a freshman coming in, Brandon Cox, who – a lot of people maybe wanted him to start that year. Let me tell you, he's not a part of this conversation. Winning his quarterback in Auburn history. Oh, yeah. Brandon Cox. Sorry, I, I, I can't root for him. I love Cox. <laughs> Brandon Cox. He's, he's, uh, he's a, he, was, he was really awesome. I, I've, I've defended, I'm a big Cox defender. Like Brandon I mean, Cox look, too. here's the thing about Brandon Cox. Towards the end of his Auburn career, the college football landscape was changing. Right. And he wasn't what we were wanting because other schools had a different kind of quarterback. We wanted that Michael Vick. We wanted that different style of quarterback. Cody Burns comes in, so everybody wants Cody Burns. They're booing Brandon Cox, even though this dude beat Georgia in 05, even though this dude was winning games left and right. He had a habit of throwing interceptions. Yes. <laughs> but, okay, as a Cowboys fan, if, if Jason Campbell was Troy Aikman, Brandon Cox is Tony Romo. I mean, he had a, a habit of throwing interceptions the to wrong time. Georgia. To Georgia. And uh, Mississippi State won. And he, he had that habit, like Tony Romo, of it seemed that he could only throw interceptions when an interception would absolutely lose you the game. Right. And that was, the, that was his problem. So, Brandon Cox, career numbers, 42 touchdowns, 32 interceptions. Yeah. Jason Campbell, 45 touchdowns, 24 interceptions. Uh, well, about 12 of those 32 are to Georgia. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them Georgia and Mississippi and Arkansas. Yeah. Um, so, so for comparison, let's look at Nick Marshall. Uh, through in two years, through for 4,500 yards, 34 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. So it, it's pretty impressive. He still had solid touchdown numbers right. and kept his interceptions down. Uh, you know, we I think in 2014 was when. They really tried to push him to become a better passer to try to yeah. get in the NFL. Uh, his rushing numbers hurt a little bit that year. He dropped from uh, 1,068 yards to 800 yards. Um, but yeah. all in all, I mean, he was he was a great quarterback. The the push to turn him into more of a passer uh, in fourteen kind of hurt us, uh, especially early on. I think um, it did. That Mississippi State game, which which I went to, was the most frustrating thing I've ever seen in my life because yeah. it was raining and we kept trying to have him throw mm-hmm. and right. not run. After And then we lost. After that game, we sort of rethought things and went back to doing more of what we did. Right. It was frustrating earlier in that year because, especially right after 2013, you knew – Hey, they can run the read option at every play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they probably they, they might stop you two out of ten times. Right. The other eight, you're gonna get ten yards. Right. Yeah, because I think it was with the Tennessee game in twenty thirteen where Marshall threw 
seven or eight times the entire game. Yeah. And you just couldn't stop the offense. That game was an absolute dominance. Oh, yeah. Of, that, that's of probably as clean of Gus's offense that I've ever seen. Gus's offense, and this is what I've said this before, is that Gus Malzahn's offense, when it is going, it is like a five stanza poem. I mean, it is like, just hitting, hitting, hitting. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing to watch. It is a machine that just chews up yards and destroys defensive lines. When it is not working, it is the most infuriating and ugly thing in the world. It looks like when it's not working, it is a person um, who who has a blindfold on trying to hit a baseball bat. It's a lot of motion. It's a lot of movement, and nothing is happening. Nothing positive is happening. Uh, Yeah, so that's that's one reason why twenty so twenty fifteen was so annoying. Twenty fourteen was was so annoying. And twenty sixteen was so annoying is because <laughs> we saw twenty thirteen and parts of twenty fourteen where it looked so amazing, mm-hmm. and this thing was just blowing and going. But yeah, Nick Marshall was a huge part of that. You had a quarterback who actually talked to a guy who played quarterback at Auburn as a walk on. He never got on the field. And I told him, you know, Nick Marshall was unbelievable. He he never makes a bad read. This is like the greatest read option quarterback in history. And he said, no, that's not true at all. Like, he makes the bad read almost every time. <laughs> He's just good enough good when enough. he keeps it to get positive yards. Right. He, like, he doesn't get tackled in the backfield. Right. So, I mean, he had great speed, but his agility to just you know, sidestep guys, make a miss. Yep. I mean, he would have been a really good running back. Yeah. That's the thing. It's his basketball ability. Like he was an amazing yeah. combo guard out of high school, and his ability to know where to go with the ball at the right time comes from basketball. And he was, he was playing, he was playing pickup basketball on a football field with pets. Right. He he reminded me, just the frame of reference I have of Damian Craig, because um, Damian, he wasn't a dual threat necessarily, but he could get out of situations that nobody had any business getting out of. Um, he, he was more of a passer. I mean, he, he right. passed the ball, but he was still, he still had a escapability, I guess is what you'd call it, that Nick had, but Nick could get downfield like nobody else mm-hmm. um, out of a bad situation. <laughs> I think it's escapability. I think it's, <laughs> what's I, so let's, let's talk about Damian Craig. Yeah, Damian Craig is before my Auburn sports right. consciousness. So this is the really 90s. Know. This is uh, the Bowden years. He was my uh, – he and Takeo were my favorite players uh, <laughs> coming when I – I wasn't aware. Over. I wasn't aware Auburn existed at this point. There you go. Where's Auburn at? Was everyone asking? Yeah. Was yeah. Georgia? Yeah. Uh, so Damian Craig, and he played his freshman sophomore years, but really he, he started his junior senior years. 96, 97, and in those two years, he had 34 touchdowns, 23 interceptions, um, and would have had about, let me do the math real quick, about 5,600 yards, uh, so more about 1,000 yards more than uh, Nick Marshall had, uh, similar touchdowns, fewer, or more interceptions, and then rushing, so here's an interesting thing. We we talked about him kind of being a dual threat quarterback before there were dual threat quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. How many rushing yards do you think he had in 1997? The year that we you know, we went to the SEC championship. Did he have 500? Maybe. Yeah. 
Zero. 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 Well, this is because the college system right. takes takes sacks into account, right? right. Like I, uh, that's what I was saying earlier. He wasn't really getting downfield like we right. could. He could avoid being sacked though. I mean, it was kind of the Big Ben. Uh, so good which, in the pocket, but not right. really a run. Which the zero run. points to that. He didn't. Yeah. He, right. It's not negative. He right. And and technically, he had ninety six rushes. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, that was his. Yeah, no, ninety seven. He had ninety six rushes for zero yards and four touchdowns. So there's must have been some sacks in there with yeah. some positive some plays. Positive. Uh, but yeah, that was before. There, I know there had to have been uh, dual threats before Michael Vick, but that that's really the one where. Yeah, I mean you've got things, guys. Like, things seem to change when Michael Vick came on the scene. There, there are a lot of guys before him, and I, like I said, I can't think off off the top of my head. But that was the one where since then. You've got a lot of people. Right. Everybody to wanted get a Michael Vick. Michael, Michael, Michael Vick. Yeah, right. Even Virginia Tech had one got Marcus Vick right. to try and get Michael Vick back. Mm, that didn't work. You know, well, Marcus Vick wasn't that bad. Yeah, bad. Okay. Okay. But my yeah. Michael Vick, you know, it's a funny video on YouTube. And by funny, I mean if you've got like 20 minutes to kill, it's not bad. Um, there's a rugby player from Australia who has a YouTube channel where he watches NFL highlights. And he's great. And like, he's, he's never. He has no frame of reference for American football. And so literally people just comment, oh man, you gotta watch Cam Newton career highlights. He'll watch them the next week. But he does Michael Vick. And he, at the end of the video, this is a guy who has no like frame of reference. At the end of the video, he's like, oh man, what a weapon. This guy probably like <laughs> revolutionized the game. <laughs> like he can run and throw. And I was like, yeah, that's ex- like, literally is how all of us felt yes. the first time we saw Michael Vick was what a weapon. You have no idea what this guy's going to be able to do. No. The funniest thing is when he's reading his Wikipedia page, because he reads all the players' Wikipedia pages to learn more about them before he watches their highlight. And he reads Michael Vicks, and he's like, spent 26 months in a federal prison? <laughs> like, he, like, he like, didn't know why. He's like, what, what did this guy do? <laughs> so I, I believe, just give a little shout out, his... YouTube name is Ozzy Man. O Z Z Y Man. Is that right? Okay. I think that's, if we're talking about no, the guy talking about his name's like Andrew or Michael or something like that. I don't know. I'll look <laughs> it up. But he's it's called like you look up like rugby player reacts and it's it's. I went down a rabbit hole of those because he watches like Barry Sanders highlight videos and Bo Jackson. He watches Cam yeah. Newton. Yeah, it's he the Bo Jackson one. He watches both Bo Jackson and uh, uh, baseball and football. Jacob McDonald is his name. Jacob McDonald. Username is Jacob McDonald. And he watches the Bo Jackson video that's called Super Bo. And when Bo Jackson, like, breaks the bat over his head and over the guy, he's like, what the heck? (laughs) He's like, what is this person? Who is this monster? Oh, man. All right. So the last of those four quarterbacks we talked about, and I think I'm probably at the least love, but Pat Nix. Pat Nix. Uh, let's see. In okay, similar situation, he really only played two years in 94, 95. Uh, but in those two years, he had 4,900 yards, 31 touchdowns, and only 16 interceptions. Yeah, he was efficient. Well. Uh, very yeah. efficient, and not really any rushing totals to speak of. He had nine touchdowns, but you know, 100 career yards. We did a lot of QB sneaks. Right. It was kind of seemed like it was a balanced table. From a statistical standpoint, it's the Nick Marshall argument is pretty strong. Yes. Right. Absolutely. And even from a team, I mean, he went, he won one SEC championship, and then I mean, in in fourteen, we were probably one game away. Well, it's yes. weird because we. From another one. So, what do you think our record was in fourteen? 
We had nine wins at least, right? We were eight and five. Hey, oh man. So so there was the Mississippi State game that was you know, in Texas A and M. But we won the Ole Miss right. game and then didn't win another game. After yeah, that, right? right. So there was the Texas A and M game that was just SEC. Right. It kind of the beginning of the downward spiral. It's the, the only years. time Mississippi State has ever beaten. I want to say a top fifteen Auburn team ever. Oh, was for it was twenty fourteen. Right. Uh, so. So I think let's narrow it down to Campbell, Craig, and Marshall. Um, you, you still stand by Jesse Campbell? Well, I think, it, yeah, yeah, only in terms of pure quarterbacking. But also, like again, like Nick Marshall, in terms of front for the offense, and while at Auburn, the case could definitely go to Nick Marshall. Had Jason Campbell had Al Borges for three years, Right. Then that instead dude, of changing offense coordinator. Yeah, that dude might have been instead of four different offense coordinator. Right. Um, but just in one year of an offensive coordinator that could maximize his talents and the talents of the people around him, he won every single game he played. There's a lot of hypotheticals around that, too. I mean, you can say, you know, oh, if Campbell had Borges all four years. Well, what if Nick Marshall had been in Auburn for four years? Right. Yeah. That's true. So yeah, he came right. in as a junior college transfer and let the world on fire. Yeah. And it was... After we're playing those defensive first few back games. for two years. Right. Yeah. Decent chance if he'd come to Auburn at 11, he'd be playing defensive back for Auburn. Yes. So, right. I think so. Uh, yeah, so I, I'll still stand by Nate Marshall. Uh, I mean, he, we talked about he didn't always make the right read, but he was that good that it didn't matter. And it's still, I think the single best play, to me, that encapsulated what he could do was in the SEC championship game in so 2013. Yeah. It was the, uh, against Missouri. Even as Trey Mason is racking up 300 yards, there's a play, I think, in the first half where the pass block kind of breaks down. Marshall scrambles, makes a guy miss in the backfield, rolls out to his left, and on the run for maybe the 45 or so, hits uh, Sammy Coates, I believe, in the back corner of the end zone. Yeah. Perfect pass. He was covered. That's the thing. But it was just a perfect pass. Yeah, he and, was a great passer. That, that was um... – he was great arm talent. Yes, it there was, was of accuracy. He was never known as like the guy. Well, and he he was never a sit in the pocket. Yeah, right. The defense make that he's play. But if you got him run. on the run, oh man, he could hit that guy if that. he just. Well, the reason he's him. in the CFL playing defensive back and not playing quarterback in the NFL is because he can throw it a mile, but it was never he his accuracy was not right. Like even the prayer in Jordan here is a terrible throw. <laughs> yeah. like, it's a terrible yeah. throw from Nick Marshall, but. You know, again, like not that many guys could get the ball well, that far to where it was. Yeah, right. yeah. There's a wide open Sammy Coates right in the first down marker. Right. But yeah, I remember when he came uh, to Auburn, people were like, "Yeah, he can throw it 100 yards," and I he believe can it. Throw it a mile. <laughs> I believe that dude could throw it a mile. <laughs> um, yeah, I, the thing with Nick Marshall is, I think if we had never had Cam Newton, Nick Marshall mm. would be a lot of people's favorite player. Right, because he would effectively be the only true Russian quarterback. Yeah. Over there, right? He would have been the guy yeah. that made people forget about Damian and, yeah. to an extent, Jason. That I, I maybe that is the uh, the biggest strike against Jason is I, I think he's kind of become a little bit forgotten for people, uh, especially right. people just now coming to Auburn. They remember Cam, they remember Nick, and they'll probably don't remember any of the people in between. <laughs> In between, but yeah. uh, the, the Jay—I mean, they would have been little kids when when Jason right. was playing. I think one of my favorite things about Auburn—this is like the most Auburn family thing in the world to say. 
is that other schools seem to always have great teams, mm-hmm. but very few places seem to have the players that Auburn has. Like, when Auburn has a good team, it's because it has, like, amazing players, individual yeah. talents that you can go, True. oh, yeah, that's Cam's team, that was Nick's team, that was Jason Cam. You know, we had Cadillac and Jason and Ronnie. Well, the old four team had a lot of other dudes on that team that were amazing. Like the entire defense. Yeah, yeah. the entire defense. But we all had Marcus McNeil. Uh, yeah, we had guys, <laughs> you know. And so, like, some teams might be like, well, we're all about the team and the cohesion. Auburn is about those things, but it's also a place where individual talent seems to be, like, at the forefront. Right. Like, Cam Newton has a statue of him on campus. 2010 had a lot of good players, but it's Cam's team. Like, everybody knows. Right. Yeah. Cam got us there. I mean, there are people that just give him all the entire credit for. Well, I will thing. say, if Barrett Trotter's quarterback in 2010, we're not winning the national championship. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that was Neil Cottle's year. Yeah, yeah. Neil Cottle's no knees. We're not winning the national championship. Yeah. All right, so I got a little bit of an addendum to that question. Then, uh, what would Jarrett Stidham have to do to be mm. that th- that best quarterback to not win a Heisman? Over this is kind of like what I asked. Right. Oh, they say he's not going to win a Heisman. So here's the thing. Right. Here's exactly. the question. If he does what he needs to do, I think he'd win the Heisman. Yeah. What, <laughs> That's true. What would, what would Jared Stidham have to do to move into that conversation? And I said, he's got to get he's got to have 40 passing touchdowns. But does he win the Heisman at that point? Maybe. That's we, the thing. I, in I 20, so. 2018, 40 passing touchdowns is a lot, yeah, but it's not true. a guaranteed Heisman trophy. Right. No. And who's to say he does 40 Passes and we lose two games or right. something. Right. Forty. I, mean, I said sorry. I said forty combined, but still, most of those, Russian most of those yeah, most of those would be in the air. Right. So yeah, that's that's he, he is a fairly mobile quarterback. He's not a rushing quarterback. He. I mean, let me look at his numbers. He's Auburn Ronaldo, man. <laughs> He's that amazing looking dude who can do it all. If he. I'll put it this way. His, his statue will be him smiling with no helmet on. He's better Chris Todd. He's better oh, Chris. significant. Chris <laughs> Man, Todd. I love Chris Todd. I'm more hey, he broke a ton Man, of records. I'm a big Chris Todd. Cam guy. came in the next yes, year and Cam just shattered all those. See you later. I was Chris a big so, Todd. Chris so, had no arm and could just absolutely somehow figure out how to get people open. Man. So Jerry Stidham last year had 3,100 yard, yards passing, 18 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. And he was ground, very efficient. I forgot about that. On the ground, he had 153 yards and four touchdowns. And two and dimples. Think about all the sacks that he had. Two amazing wow. dimples that just yes. lit Instagram <laughs> on fire. <laughs> He's engaged, ladies and podcasters. When we signed him, I was extremely happy to see his uh, uh, Halloween photos from the year before where he was Han Solo and his now fiance was Princess Leia. Uh, I think that's is the he the Han Solo game. of this team? No, he's he's the true good guy. Han Solo had just a little bit of being the bad guy. That's true. He's he's Luke Skywalker. Yeah. There's no. <laughs> he is Luke Skywalker. Let's be honest. He's, he's Luke Who's the guy? We could do a whole show. Uh, uh, let's, let's not get down. Ryan Davis is the Ryan Davis is the Han Solo of this team. <laughs> Ryan Davis, what do we call him? He's the Harry Kane of Auburn of Auburn football. <laughs> All he does is score goals. All he does is score touchdowns. Yeah. Ryan Davis. Mark it down. Ryan Davis will break Auburn's record for receiving yards in the season yards. this year. Not his receptions. Yards. Because yeah, he broke his receptions last year. I think if if he does what we have to – sorry to get us right back, back on the topic. Please get on topic. Uh, if, if he does what he has to do to get us 
to win an SEC championship, I think he probably actually just wins the Heisman. I mean, right. Like, like we've talked about, like, because oh, Auburn is all about having that guy. Yeah. It's yeah. his team. It's so-and-so's team. So if, it, if Stidham gets us to an SEC championship and wins it, because he got us there last year, he's got to win it, and if you win it, you get the playoff, then I think at that point, you know, he's going to have the numbers, he's going to have the yards. I think at that point, he is he better than Marshall or Campbell? I, I, mean, I think right now he's got more Depends quarterback the, talent than Jason Campbell, but I don't think he hasn't done it yet. Have, if he wins a Heisman Trophy, then he's he's the best quarterback at Auburn since Cam. Well, since Cam. Yeah. Or he's, or, right. he's number two, probably. If he wins a Heisman Trophy, he's number two after Cam. Okay. Yeah, I think so. And I think, I think that's fair to say. If he wins the SEC Championship game and doesn't win the Heisman, I think something crazy has happened. Like Bryce Love at Stanford has 4,000 yards right. rushing. Or yeah, that, that's the other thing. Rushing. you got to think about yeah. what happens elsewhere. Also, on his own team, he could have somebody rush for a bunch of touchdowns. And, and Ryan that's... Davis, if he yeah. if, if he breaks an Auburn record in passing yards or some nonsense, it's probably because Ryan Davis has gone off right. as well. Yeah. So let's, let's do a little transition then. Let's talk about the quarterbacks on the roster now. Speaking and of Jared Stidham. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Jared Stidham. Uh, so we just got a commitment this past, was it yesterday, two days ago? Sure. Uh, yesterday. Cord Sandberg, which is one of the most baseball name sounding name I've ever heard. <laughs> Does not sound like a quarterback. Is he name. related to Ryan Sandberg? He's not. I looked it up. Unfortunately, he's Is not. he related to any Sandberg baseball player? Because there's two. There's two. Ryan Sandberg and there's another one. Is he related to Andy Sandberg? Not related to Andy Sandberg. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so Cord Sandberg, he played the Phillies for the last in the Phillies organization for the last few years. Minor league baseball didn't work out for him, so he decided he wanted to play quarterback. He was a four-star quarterback coming out of high school, so he's got the talent. He's probably got a little bit of arm strength. I think he's probably got some arm strength and some athleticism, uh, but he's going to be he committed to Auburn. He can play this year. Yeah, he's not a next year commit. He. He'd be on campus this. Right, he's got classes in a couple, in a couple weeks. Days. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you this much: if he throws five passes this year, it has been a disaster. <laughs> oh yeah. yes, I, oh, agreed. Because <laughs> he, I mean, he could be a great quarterback. Sure, but he's not even number two on the depth chart yeah. right now. Uh, we have six quarterbacks on the six. roster. Counting six him. on the roster. So if we be, count him, let's see if it does. Crow know? How about this? Does Crow know the six quarterbacks? Oh, on the I bet I can name this. I know the Auburn team. So <laughs> cheers. <laughs> Jared Here's Dimples, Jared Dimples, <laughs> number one, QB one. Uh, let's see, Cord Sandberg. There we go. That's two. Malik Willis, mm-hmm. three. Uh, Devin Adams. Yeah, oh. there we go. That's the one I thought. You I know heard. Devin Adams. Oh, okay. Um, got two more. Let me see two more. Uh, one of them's a recruit that just came in this year, which so may not know. <laughs> no, no, I, I can see him. He's gigantic. He was playing the A Day game. Mm-hmm. He's a big, big guy. Um, Man, that's gonna come to me. Right, so I know, I know who that is. Yeah, I'm trying to think who the sixth one is. Is there another walk on? Yeah, I think it's a walk on. So I'll, I'll say Joey Gaywood. Joey Gaywood's a big guy. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. The other one is Chief, from the last one. my least favorite town in Alabama. Uh, <laughs> Will Appleton. Will no, I, I, I don't know. From, from Albertville. There Alabama? is All not a right. hundred dollars you could have given me the name. <laughs> <laughs> Will, whatever. I can't. I already forgot yeah. his name. Um, now, he's the one, if he throws a pass this year, we are in <laughs> yeah. real no. bad trouble. Or we've beaten somebody by oh, a thousand true. points. Right. No offense to Will. Six, yeah. He's, he's a fresh quarterback, though. 
He's a redshirt freshman, so no offense. To All him. right. So yeah. So Stedham, we've talked about him. We know what he is. Um, who the number two is probably Malik Willis because he actually got to play last year. Uh, yeah, he looked. But with the new redshirt rules, maybe Joey Gatewood plays a few games. Oh yeah, that's right. So he. So if you don't know, the new redshirt rule is you can play in four games and still redshirt. So teams really can kind of be creative with their freshmen and say, oh well. We want to get him experience in these three games. Mm-hmm. We we did play him, and it wasn't an injury or anything like that. We played him in three games, and he redshirted. So maybe Joey Gatewood has that, and maybe there's a package for him, like a short yards package. Maybe he's the wildcat. Maybe he's the wildcat. We did talk about that earlier. Are you anti wildcat? Man, I love. I, I am one hundred percent. As on good the as Carrion was at it, you think you have to have a guy that knows how to run. Right. Here's why I, I, I was fine with Carrion running the Wildcat. I is the only one. I am Mr. Wildcat. Wow, oh, man. And I, because philosophically I love it. You have, you have an offense in which 11 people are going against 11 people as opposed to 10 versus 11, where a quarterback hangs the ball off and just stands there and we have 10 versus 11 defenders. I am a Wildcat proponent. I love it. I think it it brings an element into the offense that no other formation does. Plus, you have the you have the lopsided line. Right. Yeah. You put an eligible receiver on the oh, line, and then you put an offensive lineman out that wide. It is, and I told I've said this before. If you look at it statistically, I haven't done it, but I guarantee I will guarantee it. The most successful formation Auburn has run since Gus has been been head coach in terms of touchdowns per play. It always feels like such a moment. Yards killer. per play, maybe not. <laughs> Touchdowns per play. Well, we, look, when you run it from inside the 10, you only have to go 10 yards. You know? it, so, okay, how about this? It might have the most negative plays. Oh, and absolutely. And also the most touchdowns. That's the thing. I mean, it either works or it doesn't. Now, when they throw it out it there, it never the 40, worked with and, Michael Dyer. Yeah. Oh, no, we're at our own 45. You knew every time. <laughs> you know how many uh, You know how many passes Michael Dyer caught in his album career? A zero is the answer, I believe. I don't think he caught a single pass. I don't think he was throwing a pass. Yeah. So the, that's one of the downfalls maybe of Gus's offense. Sometimes it can become somewhat predictable. When you have a guy like a Malik Willis or a Joey Gatewood standing back there with an offset line with a bunch of things happening, a bunch of window dressing, and really just, it, just disguising power football, the Wildcat's amazing. Yeah. The Wildcat's amazing. And Carrion Johnson throwing a pop pass Throwing a jump pass in the Iron Bowl for a touchdown is one of my favorite moments of Auburn football. Yeah, was, Out of the I Wildcat. Carry-on's, our, carry-on running the Wildcat was far more successful than any other version of the Wildcat that we had. I That's think. true. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he Gus is kind of the guy that championed the Wildcat. In he invented yes. it. Right. So, I mean, was, was Ronnie Brown already running it in the NFL? No. No. Okay. The first guy to run it ever was Darren McFadden. Right. That was Ronnie Brown was the only guy to run... Most of it for an entire game. For the whole game, they destroyed the Patriots. <laughs> yes. It was so awesome. Uh, <laughs> no. Anyway, so but yeah, so Gus has had running backs run well before, but that's the thing. Yeah. He normally does use running backs for it. Right. Or no. who did he use? That, Kyle Frazier. Yeah, he used Kyle Frazier. Well, for we're not going to talk about that. No. <laughs> he used somebody else that wasn't a running back, like Jonathan Wall. Somebody, somebody like that that right. wasn't a running back just randomly threw him in the Wildcat. But he, he also ran, guys, but, you know, he ran uh-huh. Nick Marshall out of the Wildcat quite a bit. We just right. didn't, you didn't know because we got your quarterback as they right. yeah. Yeah. yeah anyways getting back to our quarterbacks <laughs> on the team this, this right. is this We've is got the six. topic this is the topic so, okay there's one more guy coming in next year 
that makes and, sense. And the son of one of the guys we've already talked about tonight, Bo Nix. Yes, Bo. Might be a five-star quarterback next year, and you know, everybody that's seen him play is in love with him. Uh, so the quarterback battle next year, it's a little early to talk about that, I guess, but you know we're probably losing Stidham. I think he technically would have one more year of eligibility. He He's would. probably going to the draft. Uh, you're going to have a battle between Malik Willis, Joey Gatewood, Bo Nix, Cord Sandberg. That's four guys. You know, as much as we loved this year of, oh, we know our quarterback's here in Stidham, it's going to be a lot of fun next year. I feel like camp. at least one of these is transferring Yeah, uh, I mean, that's after the spring. And it seems like Malik might be the odd man out, but if he gets to play some this year and shows that he's got the offense, uh, he might stick around. How old is Cord Sandberg? Cord Sandberg is a 23-year-old freshman. Okay, 23. So he's my age. That's the thing. He's a 23-year-old freshman. He's not going to transfer. No, he would have come no, to Auburn. I don't think he's going to. He, he came to Auburn knowing what the situation was. Yeah. So, the, yeah, you're right. It's going to either be Malik Willis or Joey Gate with a transfer. Right. And, and Bo Nix, again, he, he could still commit somewhere else. Yeah. So he's coming to Auburn knowing the situation. Think, I think he's coming to Auburn. So, but, okay, so here. He's been our big recruiter look, so far. Even if Malik Willis starts next year and starts for a year and is awesome, and then he goes pro because he could. That would year. be a mind-blowing. So he, go, he starts, he's awesome, he goes pro. The next year, Cord Sandberg starts. He's awesome. He goes pro. The next year, Bo Nix. So, so Joey Gatewood's the odd man out? Yeah, so Joey was the odd man out. Or, or you go. So the guy that we've been calling. He's the, the most Cam Newton. Or you go of any right. of these guys. You go with Willis, <laughs> then Gatewood, Physique. then Sandberg. Because right. Sandberg would still have another two year or, or, or next year. I mean, a lot of people have said Bo Nix could come in and win the job next year. I don't think Gus goes the true freshman quarterback. But Gosh, I would be really upset if he did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Especially with these other options. You still have Jordan and Cord Sandberg who have been here for a Look, year. If he, if he goes with the freshman over these guys, it it is it, I think it would speak more to a failure on these guys' part than it would on the talent of right. the freshman. But when you have that many guys, if it was you know Malik Willis or Bo Nix, sure. I mean, Malik just didn't get it. When you have that many guys... That's got to be Bo Nix winning that job. There's no yeah. way he starts if he doesn't right. look like you know, look like Pat Nix maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's, it, so wait, what is the question you're asking us? Uh, generally, we're just talking about who who is on the who's on the team and like what next year could be because we have so many quarterbacks. Maybe right? and it's kind of Gus over overcorrecting maybe. Maybe the, this will solve the problem of everyone loving the backup quarterback. We have so many that people have to spread out their, Which backup uh, spread out their love so they can't get a chant going for the... Well, how know. about this? Maybe Jared Stidham comes back for his senior year. And now we I have this big again next year. But the, the new um, redshirt rules really also help right. a lot. Because right. some of these guys will actually get to play even if they redshirt. Right. Um, so Bo Nix next year could come in. Playing play play four games, games and then still well, and, and this year, Joey Yeawood and Court Sandberg could do the same thing. Right. Yeah. Um, and we really have like five more years of a lot of these guys. Right. Yeah. We have, we're talking about guys that aren't even on campus yet. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so, yeah, there's a little bit of a taste. I'm of, glad I'm not making this well, decision. Well, another complaint <laughs> that a lot of Auburn fans have is we never have a good backup or whatever, even though they. It's kind of just saying, hi, love you know, all of these backup quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, people yeah, complain yeah. about it, and that's not anything you can complain about now. I don't know how we're stockpiling all these quarterbacks. Nobody has a good backup. No. Let me put it that way. 
What Auburn fans make that complaint, it's the dumbest complaint in the world. I agree. There are 32. Unless you are Ohio State yeah. from the year they won the national championship, they had three good quarterbacks. That was a complete year. Florida and under yeah. Meyer with Tim Tebow and Chris Leak. And Cam. You don't have a good backup. I think yeah. Cam Newton under Most people have a Tebow. serviceable yeah. backup quarterback. Because he was good, he would be the starter. This isn't the NFL. You're not going to have a guy come in and win you know, 14 games or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, like, so one of the things in the NFL is 32 teams in the NFL, which means there are 32 guys in the world who are good enough and eligible to be an NFL quarterback. Right, right. NFL fans say the same thing. we got to have a good backup quarterback. There, there aren't any. Really, there's only about yeah. 15 to 18 good NFL quarterbacks. Yeah, exactly. You, just, you always remember the one guy that uh, came in because – the main guy got hurt, and then he ended up winning the starting job or something. Yeah, and he wins. That doesn't happen that often, but you always remember that. You might have a guy come in and mop up, or a guy gets hurt, he comes in and wins a couple of games, or one game. Isn't that how Kurt Warner ended up with the starting job for the Yeah, but most of the time it's because they don't have film on that dude. Right. So he comes in and wins a game, and then once film comes out, they realize, oh, that's why. I think Auburn fans... Complaints are because we always seem to get really lit up by a backup quarterback yes. somewhere. That happens to us all the time. It does. Really it seems. We don't have film on the Arkansas, Arkansas. third string oh, quarterback and he comes <laughs> in and throws for 500 yards. Uh, all right, so, Crow, what do we want to talk about next? Next, let's go with the sandwich spotlight. So, sandwich spotlight. Jack, hit the theme. You ate my sandwich? My sandwich! My sandwich! Uh, Jack, we've got. A sandwich spotlight that is not really a sandwich. So, other day I was perusing my Twitters and I saw Champ's Chicken was open. So, if you don't know where that is, it's because it's brand new. Champ's Chicken is within a new gas station convenience store on Opelika Road, kind of across from where like Byron's Barbecue is. Kind of where Opelika Road is only a two lane road, not where it's a four lane road. So, kind of closer to closer to downtown Auburn. On the right, if you're facing downtown Auburn, is a new service station that within it has Champ's Chicken. And now, I am, if anything, a fan of eating in a gas station. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> Alabama and Mississippi actually do have really high gas station food quality. So uh, I, I go there, and uh, I was telling these guys earlier, when, when you see the menu has chicken fingers, and your options are two-piece or three-piece, you initially are like, what, what is this? Like, order two meals. Yeah, I gotta order two of these meals? Like, two fingers is not enough. These were not chicken fingers. These were like chicken forearms. <laughs> what kind so, of prices are we talking We're talking like, okay, well, here's what I've noticed about the world, in the United States at least. Everything is $10. <laughs> so, everything is $10. Um, so, you can get uh, three-piece chicken forearms, <laughs> uh, with two sides, two really good sides. I had collard greens, and I had this slaw that was super good. And a drink will set you back about $9.45. So, again, everything is 10 bucks. You just walk around with $10 bills, because everything in this country costs you $10. So, but it was it was super, super good. They, uh, they just put the chicken in the fryer for me. So I had like fresh chicken fingers. Um, but also, they, they have chicken biscuits there all day. So if you're in the That's mood, for, yeah, if you're in the mood for a chicken biscuit and it's a Sunday, where are you gonna go? 
If you're in the mood Champs for chick- Champs Chicken, if you're in the mood for Chicken Biscuit and it's like four o'clock in the afternoon, Champs Chicken. I would say, yeah, check it out. If their Chicken Biscuit is as good as their fingers are, it's as good as any Chicken Biscuit you're gonna find in, in East Alabama. And their collard, collard greens were as good as they get, guys. And I, I don't know about you guys, I love greens. But the saltiness, the brininess of these collard greens, perfect. Perfect. Guys, I would go to Champ's Chicken right now. And they're not sponsoring this show. I literally don't <laughs> care if they do or not. Champ's Chicken is that good. So this might inspire some more uh, food debate on College of Mag of what's the best chicken finger place in Auburn. What's the best chicken finger place in Auburn? Send us your comments to at Ryan S. Starrett. <laughs> Tell the chick. Yeah. What is the best? Am I going to get a lot of hate if I say Zaxby's? Oh, man. It's not Zach. I put it as not Zach. I like Zaxby's, but it's not Zaxby's. There's a popular member of uh, Auburn Twitter that loves Zaxby's, and I just can't get behind it. I mean, I like Zach's. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. If, if, not, if I'm looking for like fast another, food, it's like another establishment in Auburn that's just fine. It's oh boy. If I've already, <laughs> hit, if I've already hit all the others up, I might go to Zaxby's for my chicken thing. We've already eaten all of our sandwiches. We might go to Mama Goldberg's for a sandwich. Now, yeah. Ryan, <laughs> I can go that, all day about uh, Mama Gold. We're getting that. We keep promising that episode. We'll episode. get there eventually. Ryan has hot. Hot takes about Mama Goldberg. I have such high lukewarm takes about Mama Goldberg. We're not alone though. Uh, there's, there's, there's a lot to it's like. It's a popular opinion now to, to not like Mama Goldberg. I don't dislike it. That's the thing. Yeah, I went there for lunch last week. As a person it's who went okay. to Auburn between 04 and 08, I can safely say I'm a Mama Goldberg's his hipster. I get. I liked Mama Goldberg's back when it was cool. <laughs> And back when the hippies were there. Exactly. That's what we, we discussed. <laughs> if, the, if you do not hear widespread panic yes. just radiating mm-hmm. from the establishment, don't go in. That's, yeah. not, the, you, that's not the right shift. It's not the Come sandwich back. for you. <laughs> right, we'll later. save our Mama G's tips, yeah. though, for, for future. So we yeah. keep teasing that. Keep bringing you back. All right, so uh, what else do we got here, Ryan? Uh, let's see. Oh, do we want to talk about those uh, Auburn soccer uniforms? Oh, I've seen those. Of course. Yes. Okay, so god awful soccer uniforms. Auburn, it's such a minor tweak, and it's so big. It's so bad. bad. Auburn soccer had the best uniforms. Yes. On campus. Period. Yes. Period. Right. Period. Period. Right. Last they were year. Amazing. And it was the what they call Northwestern stripe. It's the stripe that you guys have seen on the shoulders of the Auburn football uniforms. Under Armour loves this yeah. stripe, and so they put it on everything. It's been on the basketball uniform in some sizes. Oh, the helmet stripe, too. The helmet stripe right down the middle. So they took that stripe down the middle of the helmet and put it like a sash mm-hmm. on the front. Like uh, Peru classically has this type of soccer uniform on the national team level. So that type of a, a Peruvian stripe on the front of the Auburn women's soccer team label. No, just Auburn soccer. Auburn soccer uniform. But because of the new um, Under Armour template, so Under Armour changes almost every year uh, the way that their soccer uniforms are made. And they do it really because they're adding different fabrics and making them lighter. Mm -hmm. But because the way they've done it, there's not, they couldn't have a continuous stripe. Right. So because of that, they took, they truncated it. It's the best way to say it. It looks yeah. as if the stripe is coming out of the shooting out. Number. Yeah, yeah. Like the number apparently. Been, yeah, it's not. Great. Auburn decided that what they should have done is just say, okay, let's let's take the sash away. Yeah, put it some incorporate it somewhere else. The the northwestern stripes somewhere else on the uniform, but instead they just said, ah, we'll just cut the top half off. And yeah, it is not good. It's not good. It took it took probably the best uniform on campus. 
and it's now not the best. I like it's, I'd say it's the worst. I would still wear it. If, if they want to give me an Auburn soccer uniform, I will absolutely wear one. That's a, um, <laughs> just because I don't have one and nobody else does. But I, yeah, it's, I think there's a lot of things that could be done. I would love it if they went to a crest on the chest, like an AU logo yeah, on the, on the chest, cool. and well, then you could still like probably angle. have it. Yeah, I mean, like, you could make it work. I What I thought they should have done is gone from, like, the armpit and gone down the sides yeah. with Northwestern stripes. Down the down on the pants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this cool. is a, yeah, this is tough on a podcast to talk about a visual element, but you can look this up on Look it up. It's on Twitter. It's all over the place. The shorts are great. I will say yeah, that. Yeah, the shorts are great. The shorts are great. And I would, I would totally rock a pair of Auburn soccer shorts that look like that men's version. Um, <laughs> it might be a little short for me at this point. But, yeah, men's version of that I'd wear. The jersey I would probably still wear, but last year's was perfection. I think that's so the, good. This is the, the contrast is yeah. yeah. so uh, And it's such shocking. a small detail. Like They're not changing the stripe. Yeah. It's just cut in half. It's but, one of the only sports on campus that changes uniforms every year. Right. And so softball normally adds a few things, yeah. takes things away. And so because of that, when you reach something that was so beloved and it was so great last year, really anything they did this year would have been like, well, that wasn't as good. Well, you know what this means, though, right? It's going to terrify football even more to change their uniform. <laughs> Man, I hope not. Man, it's I set them not. even more in stone. Just blue that. pants. Guys, I will say this. Clint Richardson, who is kind of the Auburn uniform czar on Twitter, Shout out to Clint Richardson. I don't know what his Twitter handle is. But Clint Richardson does the Auburn Uniform Database. And every year he does a uh, like an ask for anybody to do, hey, do you have any cool ideas for Auburn uniforms? I'll make a mock-up or whatever of them. And I sent one in and I said, hey, I would love to see an Auburn basketball uniform in the style of the uh, Vancouver Grizzlies uniforms. Because as a kid, I love those uniforms. And so he did. He made one up, and he has a picture of Jared Harper wearing it, like, obviously photoshopped. Mm-hmm. Dude, it is incredible. If they, if they made that, I would, I would buy three of them just so that I'd have two to wear while one's in the wash. Like I, that would be the most amazing thing in the world if Auburn had that, that kit. So his handle is at ClintAU24. At Clint, and I think he has Shut his up. own podcast, but don't listen to that one. Listen to this one. At <laughs> Follow on Twitter and listen to this. Yeah, I really like the collar on the yeah on the on new these. on the new Auburn soccer uniform. Cool. Absolutely, it's cool. It's just that stripe. It's the same collar, I believe. This is really minutia. I believe it's the same collar that Under Armour put on the Tottenham uniform oh, see, a couple years ago. That's also what's really disappointing. <laughs> is Under Armour makes some of the greatest soccer kits? They out do. There. They They're, do. They're no South longer Tottenham's look yeah great when they were doing uh, Tottenham's. They looked awesome. Yeah. Um, and I pointed that out, and Clint actually responded. He was like, well, Auburn would have chosen this. Yeah. So it's not like Under Armour forced it on us. Yeah, Under Armour, that's one thing so people... super disappointing. Anytime, anytime you hear an Auburn fan complaining about Under Armour uniform design or whatever, just know they don't force Auburn yeah. to wear anything. Like, Auburn has to sign off on it or come up with it. Like, a lot of the baseball uniforms and that kind of stuff... Oh, baseballs are... Are the baseball coaches coming up with those or whatever? Well, generally, like, all Under Armour will do is they'll say, "Hey, here's our template for yeah. this year." Mm-hmm. And so, so sometimes you get things like the the leg stripe on the football uniforms where it gets tapered. Yeah, yeah. they that probably tell us what they can and can't do with right. like we'll tell them what we want, and it's, it yeah. is probably collaborative. But 
They might even say like, hey, what if we did this? And then Gus says, no. Yeah. Gus is probably going to say no. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Gus, what if we, you know, did this? No. no. What if we changed the stripe on the helmet by a half a centimeter? No. But that, I can't believe they made a chrome ever. I cannot believe that. Which is a great that decision. That That's the thing. It looks great. Mm. It does look good under the lights. It does. I think that's all we got this week, guys. Yeah, so we, I know we promised an SEC West preview. Yeah. I'll be honest, I was out of town all weekend, didn't get around to prepping for that, and we want to give you the best uninformed preview of the SEC West you can get. <laughs> yeah, next week we will tell you. Well, actually, next week I'm on vacation, so it might be two weeks off. Okay. Probably a week off. So next week, or a week after that, we will tell you how Auburn will win the West the next time. All right. Talk to you guys next time. War Eagle. War Eagle. Oh, okay.